Hello, I'm Jason Ball, News Director at KTLA 5 News in Los Angeles, and this is the News Director's Office. How's it going today, Bobby? It's going good. You have a very busy day, Producer Bobby. Very busy day. Busy production day. You got two News Director's Office podcasts and a Spoken Dreams production. I do, you know, but it keeps me busy, and the day goes by fast, and uh, pays the bills, I guess. Keeps you out of trouble. (laughs) Right. Our guest today is Kai Goldberg, KTLA 5 News Weekend Weather Anchor. Yes, I'm happy to be here. Happy to have you. So let's start with our quote. Okay. Do the one thing you cannot do. Fail at it. Try again. Do better the second time. The only people who never tumble are those who never mount the high wire. This is your moment. Own it. Love it. Right? That's great. Yeah. Yeah. It's the one and only Oprah, of course. That's great. Of course she would have the word own in it. <laughs> you think that was like strategically placed there? I don't know, but it's Oprah, so there's always a strategy. <laughs> we do have to own it. Yeah. Yeah. You got to believe in what you're going after all the time. Absolutely. Yeah, and uh, Jason's also Jason's got a lot of great book reviews and book suggestions, mm-hmm. so he's always owning and always helping move forward, I think. So that's great. Yeah, always got to keep evolving. I like it. So... I just saw that you and your sons went on a ski trip. Yeah. It's pretty amazing to me that you can go on a ski trip into April and May here in the West. <laughs> but we're even talking about because of the winter we had, people are going to be skiing all, all through the summer. till July 4th. <laughs> and that's the advantage wow. of knowing the weather. You know, you can say to yourself, ooh, great. And you can look on the maps and look and see when we can get up there and enjoy all the snow. And then also at the same time, having kids... Not have to deal with like a blizzard or a storm. So we went up the perfect time. Oh, so you still have the snow, but not the weather. Exactly. So it was sunny. It was like 50 degrees, which is like 80 degrees up in the mountains. And we all got blasted with heat and we had plenty of snow. And uh, it was fun because I got to bond with them. Uh And as a dad, those times are becoming rarer as they get older. So now I'm trying to take advantage of that. Like Jake is going to be 16. Marley's 12. He's going to be 13. Mm. So I go, okay, I got two days. Let's just go. <laughs> yeah. we'll wake up at four in the morning. We'll fly it. We'll get up to Mammoth by 830 and we'll ski for two days and come home. So it worked out great. That's and the awesome. snow's good? The snow was good. Actually, the, the only bummer about it is it got slushy at around uh, noon. So you could ski from eight till 11 and it was fantastic. And then all of a sudden it was like, Hands were grabbing at your skis. <laughs> You'd slow down, speed up, slow down, speed up. But we had a blast. That's p- probably enough anyway, isn't it? It was plenty, yeah. Three hours. Are you a skier, Bobby? I have never skied. Really? I need to. I, I mean, uh, I would like to, but I would also feel like I would be terrified. But I would just apply the Oprah quote and own it. <laughs> there you go. That's and, your uh, challenge And then now. I'll be a skier. But uh, yeah, I'd, I'd like to ski. I think skiing seems a little less scary to me than snowboarding. Yeah. yeah. I've actually never skied either. I snowboarded once and it was not good. Oh, snowboarding is really it's it's harder than skiing. I like skiing because it's it's two sticks on your feet. Yeah, you can kind of lift them up and down. When you're snowboarding, you are always on your backside. You're always mm. strapping in. You're on your butt. I felt very tangled. Yeah, yeah. it's that cut. So skiing's the best. It's it's old school. I like it. Yeah. Huh. I love that. So let's talk about the weather this last yeah. season because it has. I I have never. I've lived here 18 years and I've never. Had a winter like we had. It was awesome. <laughs> well, we were lucky because we got that Pineapple Express. So it was constantly these storms. Instead of coming out of the Gulf of Alaska and moving down, we had these storms coming from the subtropics, from Hawaii. Uh-huh. And they were able to just hammer the whole state 
for gosh it was three and a half four months so that's it was great and it was so cool speaking of that because going through the desert you go through the antelope valley then you go through mojave Mm -hmm. then you go up towards mammoth and usually and i've been skiing in mammoth since i was five years old so 40 some odd years here and it's just brown it's boring but the whole desert floor was yellow and Mm -hmm. green and purple it was phenomenal so you only get that when when you have that kind of water that kind of rain it was amazing it was pretty amazing the super bowl pictures have been yeah maybe even like around here the holly uh, the griffith park yeah. is greener mm-hmm. than i've ever seen it before yeah, yeah everything's yeah. it's just blooming i go my daughter's uh, goes to school in sun valley and that's purple and white and pink it's just fantastic mm-hmm. to see all this stuff going on the nature is amazing yeah. nature is amazing yeah it's, I think I've told you this story. I, when I first came here, I was reading a book about California and all this. And the, when the conquistadors first came into like the San Gabriel Valley, they were, were marked that it was the, the, the hills were golden. Yeah. And it was the poppies. So they must have had like a super bloom like right then too. How they interesting pr- is that? Yeah, they probably did. They came in. They said, wow, this is awesome. And then like the next year, they said, oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's ugly and dry. Like, well, the weird thing is I feel like it's already drying out. It is. I mean, I even look at even at my, my garden and it's already starting to dry out and things are starting to, you know, I may have to turn the sprinklers back on, which is, you know, which is kind of sad. That it is. Already here in, you know. Early May. Yeah. But think of all the money that we've got to save over That's the last true. few right. months. So yeah. it's been great. Because Jason and I, t- we talk about that once in a while when we're passing each other in the yeah. hallway. Like, how are the flowers? How are the bees? <laughs> 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 so, yeah, it was great. I got to keep the, the bill down, the water bill low. <laughs> oh, you know my new thing of nature. Nature, urban nature is I found this. It, I'm, we're moving in, out in the backyard. There are owls. Oh. And you can see yeah. them. They're huge too. Cool. There's like first day I saw one, and the second day I saw three, and the contractors that working on the house he said he saw seven yesterday. Wow. So I don't know why they're all, but it's like a little. I don't know if it's a, like a little grove of trees there, and I don't mm-hmm. know if they just hang out there uh-huh. or what. But that's pretty amazing. And, and you know, I live in the center of it all. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's it's amazing that we have this kind of wildlife. You're in the city. In like, the city. In the city, and yeah. you get owls. Well, we have we discovered we have a bat. Oh, wow. that. And that was cool. Yeah, like she comes out, I think it's a she, at, uh, at dusk. So we'll be in the backyard hanging out, and all of a sudden this thing, my daughter was like, ah, what is that? And I said, it's a bat. And they ran inside. They said, no, 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 it's a fruit bat. It's safe. So this little bat flies around, catches all the insects. Mosquitoes, right? Tons yeah. of mosquitoes. They love to eat mosquitoes. Yeah. And That's I what I like about the owls, too. They eat the rats and, you know. The mice. Yeah. The mice and rats, yeah. I love that. That's I don't cool. mind. <laughs> So you've always been interested in the news, but you didn't really yes. start your career in news. No. So tell us about that. Yeah, I started my career, okay, being a California kid and L.A. kid, you grew, grew up, up in Tarzana, right? Yeah, grew up in Tarzana, went to Taft High School, graduated in the eighty, the mid-80s, and then it's like I always equate it, like if you grow up in Pittsburgh, you go into the steel industry back right. in the day. Right. So if you grow up in L.A., you go into the Hollywood industry. Right. So I started to hang out with guys, kids whose dads were working in Hollywood. So I ended up working for Castle Rock Entertainment when I came out of high school, which was Rob Reiner's company. Wow. They did Seinfeld in the, from the very beginning. So I would read scripts for those guys and do intern things. 
And uh, it was cool because I got to ride up in the elevator with Rob Reiner. (laughs) And I got to see Alan Horn, who now is a big shit. He runs Warner Brothers. Mm -hmm. So I I knew all of those guys when they were, they were big shots then, but not as huge as they are now. So long story short, I read scripts and I really enjoyed it. And then I got to produce over at MTV and at Paramount. And when I got to Paramount, um, at lunchtime, we would have the feed, as they'd call it. So you could turn on the feed to mm-hmm. Entertainment Tonight. So I would watch um, Mary Hart do little ins and outs. And I would watch Bob Goen and all these different guys. And I was like, oh, that's cool. And then I grew up on news because my mom was a single mom. And she would put us in front of the TV and put uh, the Hungry Man uh, dinners in front of us. <laughs> we would watch... We'd watch ABC. We'd watch Dr. George. Right. We'd watch Ann Martin. We'd watch uh-huh. all those people who I was lucky enough to work with. And um, I just thought news was great. And as I started to watch The Feed when I worked at Paramount during lunch, I said, oh, that, you know, that's news, how they do entertainment news. Uh-huh. So I said, oh, that's kind of cool. But what they did is they would tape the ins and outs. And so they made it look really easy because <laughs> everything we do is live. Right. So I, That's why it's not always so neat. That's, yeah, it's not, the pre-taped. Exactly. It's not neat and clean. So I said, okay, I can do that. And um, I started to talk about doing that. And it, I procrastinated. It took a few years. And then I met my wife. This is probably about five years later. And I said, you know what? I'm not happy doing what I'm doing, and I want to do the news. I've always loved the news mm-hmm. business. I've loved the way that the presentation, and I love knowing about the world and the community. So she said, well, let's do it. Let's do something. So what I would do is we there would be – I took two months off of my production job, and we bought a camera, and we would watch the news in the morning, and whatever the breaking news was, we would get the camera, and we'd head out. And we would, that was, that was our job. She was my camera person and I was the reporter. So we, and this is a funny, uh, interesting story. There was an older man back in Santa Monica and he accidentally hit the gas. You remember that story, Jason? He ran into the the farmer's farmer's market. market. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. So we lived around the corner from that and um, we headed on over and we started to shoot and I did the ins and outs on that. And that's when I first met Micah, because Micah was a KBC reporter, Micah Ullman. Uh-huh. And he was funny because I remember he looked at me. He was competitive, I could tell, because he looked at me and he said, who's that guy? Uh-huh. <laughs> a new face. Yeah. <laughs> He's the other reporter. And I wasn't even a reporter. I was just practicing. So anyway. And you were the two tallest people on the scene, too, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I, don't even, I have to tell him that story, because I've never told him that <laughs> story. Funny. But he gave me that look like. That's my story, buddy. <laughs> so anyway, um, long story short, we did a few stories, edited the tape, um, and I sent it out. I got a, a an agent, a really s- small agent, a guy out of uh, Milwaukee or somewhere, and he took me on, and I got my first job in Palm Springs. But they said... We need somebody who could do weather on the weekends. And I was like... (laughs) (laughs) So that was not in your plan at that point, right? No. I love weather Uh because I grew up surfing and skiing. So we'd look at the LA Times and they always had a satellite shot. It was the first, the second page of the front page of the LA Times. And you could look at it every day and you could see either the cold lows 
or the ridges of high pressure, and you knew what was... Bobby has no idea what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. <laughs> what, what is this thing called? Newspaper. Yeah. 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 Newspaper. <laughs> I know. Isn't that weird? Like, I love... But I know exactly. I remember now. They had the little map up there and told you the little, little of the forecast. Yeah, you could see. So I said, oh, well, you know what? I've been actually studying weather all my life and forecasting all my life, so I could do this. So I sat in the hotel room in Palm Springs because they said, oh, yeah, but you have to audition for it in front of the GM and the news director. And I was like, cool. <laughs> okay, my, my Adam's apple up high. I said, I can do this. So I went into my hotel room and uh, Embassy Suites, and I sat there for two days, and I practiced and practiced. And, uh, and long story short, I was good at it. So they hired me, and um, then I started to really study weather, and I was into my meteorology books, mm -hmm. and I went through it and all that. So um, luckily, it, it clicked, and it worked. Mm -hmm. it, was, it was meant to be. Yeah. Well, forecasting weather, people always say, you know, we don't have weather and all that, but <sighs> forecasting weather in Southern California is probably harder than it is in most places because it's yeah. so hit or miss those those storms that come down from alaska that you don't you don't know where they're going to come inland right yeah you have to watch them well, what happens typically with those that's different than when we first started talking in in this podcast about right, the, the pineapple, pineapple express, express which they don't call it anymore right Nah, they don't really but i like to call it that i, like I think it, yeah. it's cool <laughs> anyway can but you, those can storms that come down from the north they're fronts and They'll hit San Francisco, Monterey, San Luis Obispo, but the second they go through Point Conception, they typically fall mm -hmm. apart. So, yeah, it's, a, it's hard to forecast that. And then we have, and I talked about this yesterday, um, microclimates. Because mm -hmm. with what's going on, like this morning we had dense fog. It's 62 at the beach. Inland, in the valleys, it's already like 75 in the morning, and then it gets to be a daytime high of 89. The beach is only going to make it to 66 mm -hmm. degrees today. So, yeah, it's tough to, to forecast, but it's fun. Um, and I think that's the advantage of being a native of Southern California is you grow up. Mm -hmm. So I think part of forecasting is not only the math and the charts and, and all the models that we use, but it's also sort of your gut. You know, and you have to say, oh, I've, I've seen this 20 times before. I know it's not going to do that. Or I've seen this. It's going to do that. So you, I think I've got the advantage on somebody who comes into the market who's not from Southern California because they think it's easy. Yeah. And it's kind of not that easy. So it's, it's fun. And that's the competitor of me, too. Like, I sometimes like to tune in to see the other <laughs> weather casters and like oh they got it wrong yeah. <laughs> it, it is true i mean and i was biking in orange county last week and it was cool down there even yeah. like at one o'clock in the afternoon yeah it's crazy like dana point is interesting it's it could be a hundred degrees in downtown los angeles and for some reason dana point never makes it over 69, 70 <laughs> degrees. It's the strangest part of Southern California, that area. San Clemente and Dana Point, really weird areas. Yeah, so that, that's that's interesting. And then sometimes those storms come down, and San Diego will get more rain than we do. Yeah, San Diego will get more rain when it's that Pineapple Express effect. Um, but, yeah, things are – it's just strange, but it's, it's a cool market. It's fun to forecast here. I, I like it, and I don't – I think you're totally right. If you live, if you're a forecaster in Topeka, Kansas, or somewhere like that, you better be on your toes when it's tornadoes right. time. But between that, it's sort of bland and boring. Well, I mean, you know the thunderstorm line is coming through. Yeah. You know the snow is coming. You, yeah, you know, you, those 
Yeah, you see it. It's right. clear as a it clear as day. No pun intended. The tornadoes obviously are very dangerous and very important and, and yeah. unpredictable. But you 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 know that type of weather is coming too. Yeah. So you can you know. Predict and here it, it's, it's tough to see it because it's coming off of the oceans. Right. There's no radar out there. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and that was weird. That actually happened like like a month ago. We had it was a Friday night. I remember because there's all, they call it Friday night lights. All the football games uh-huh. and the high schools. And we had a lightning storm that came through. That was awesome. Actually, it was awesome. And the in the it came through Santa Barbara and then down, and people were like, "Well, why didn't you tell us, or why wasn't that a bigger part of the forecast?" And that includes every station here in the market. But it's like you said, there's no radar that can pick up those types of of vorticity, those types of craziness coming off of the ocean. So then you have to once it hits land, then you go, "Oh yeah, okay, okay, now I know now I know where that's gonna go." But coming off, it's almost like flying blind. Well, it's true. It's like there's no weather in the Pacific. Yeah. Because it's not on the radar. If it's not on the radar, it must not exist. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which we all know is you know, yeah. not the case at all. Yeah. What about me, Bobby? You, do you like the weather here? I Yeah. I, lo- I love the weather here. Yeah. Um, it, he grew it, up here, too. Yeah, I grew up here. So, I, you know, I, I like the sun and the temperature is good. But I don't mind a little bit of rain every now and then. Yeah. I wish we had a little bit of more rain. Um, yeah, but I mean, you can't complain. I mean, I'm looking out the window right now, and it's like it's cool. I just want to get out there. <laughs> <laughs> it was a little foggy this morning. Rolled off. Yeah, that was day. interesting. I, it was really foggy on my way in. Mm-hmm. I didn't expect that. Yeah, but, it's yeah. great. I lo- I love it. Be- the only it can you know summers it's 112, or, yeah. but you deal with that. Hopefully, it doesn't last for more than four or five days, and, mm-hmm. yeah. and then you deal with it. But find a pool. Yeah, you find a pool. That's why we live here. (laughs) So I was in my research, I was noticing that you said your hobbies in college were surfing, hiking, and mountain biking. To me, those would be things that that would keep me from graduating. (laughs) (laughs) That's like the first time I went to, I saw a university of uh, California, Santa Barbara. Yeah. It's right there on, and then, and um, Pepperdine, right there on the beach. I'm like, I would never go to class. (laughs) I don't know how any of these people graduate. I think you, I think that's where discipline might come in. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to wake up. I had no discipline at eighteen. At eighteen, yeah. <laughs> like, know, this I, is the difference between a good student and a bad student. <laughs> There's two different mentalities. But here. I wasn't a great student. <laughs> I think um, it was weird. I think uh, you just get to that point. Maybe you go, okay, I really want to enjoy nature and what I like to do, and then I still have to finish my classwork. So you sort of have to figure out how to balance those two worlds. So we'd wake up at. 4, 4.30 in the morning, and we'd go to surf, and then we'd surf for an hour, and we'd try and get dry, rinse off, and get to class by 7.45, 8 o'clock in the morning. And um, the same with mountain biking. Like, if you did that, you would do it early, or you'd do it after school, and then you'd do your homework. So, yeah, it's like a balance, but I just love nature. I love being outside. Uh, my, um, my kids are always like, Dad, you never want to just chill out on the sofa, I can't do that. It's not in my. It's not in my DNA. No. Do you have a favorite spot to like vacation or like go visit? Like a favorite like nature. Yeah, Yeah. my mom. It was born in St. Thomas in the Virgin Islands. Oh wow! So I've been going there obviously since the day I was born, and it was at one time when we were in our you know five years old to fifteen years old. We'd go twice a year. And sometimes we'd be able to go for two weeks. And now it's up to like once a year or once every two years 
because we got to pay the bills and work. <laughs> and work. Jason yeah. won't let me go yeah. in May, Hell so yeah. forget about that. <laughs> so, yeah, I love the Virgin Islands is incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the ocean. It's all with the water's, you know, clear as, as can be. You could mm-hmm. see underwater without a mask for 30 feet. You can stay in the water. You never, you need a towel. Um, and then also... Um, the environment there is beautiful. The people, the colors, uh, the music, mm-hmm. the food. It's just a really comfortable place for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'd like to go. You will. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll hook you up. Added right, your list. Yeah. On my long list <laughs> yeah. of places to go. You know what Peter Greenberg said? Yeah. Just pick a place. Just there pick a go. place. Yeah. Pick a place and go. Yeah, we used to take a map and throw a dart when we were younger and go, okay, that's where I want to go. Where was the, pick? What was your favorite place? And you threw a dart to. Um, it was probably we ended up Montana. Oh, really? It was interesting. Wow. Yeah, we big threw big sky dirt, country. Big sky country, and we hit we hit Montana, and we were like, oh bummer. <laughs> 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 and then we and it was literally my sister and I. It was like a bet, like you had to go, <laughs> and it was actually unbeknownst to us, we were lucky because it was inexpensive at the time. It was uh, you know in the early nineties, and um, we flew up to Montana. It was uh, awesome, like like you said, big sky. And oh, actually, you, oh, you got bummer when you threw it on the map. But yeah, then when you actually got there, we threw it on the map. It was a bummer because we wanted somewhere exotic and really, <laughs> really far away from home. But it was really great when we got there because it was beautiful, and we didn't know there was so many rivers and the pl- you go to Yellowstone and you could see so many great places and go hiking and camping. So we had a we had a, and actually, my sister ended up living there. She lives in wow. Bozeman wow. right now. Yeah. So it was an introductory for her, and now she lives in Bozeman. That's an interesting that a dart on yeah. a map yeah. uh, changed her life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've never been to Montana. I gotta do, but I'll put that on my list. Yeah, there you How's go. That? That's a good one. It's got to go on your bucket list for sure. <laughs> good. Okay, so you, uh, at the MLK parade, you brought your sons to that yes. parade this year. So I, I love this, your fathering, because <laughs> it was important for you for them to be there for that and to see that. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I thought um, Marley, who's now 12, he has been going to the MLK parade since he was since he was 10. So this is his second year and he loves it. Um, He we have the KTLA fans and he goes on the bus and he's also got the mic so he can say happy MLK day, everybody. And then he takes the fans and runs around to everybody who's watching the parade and hands them out. So he's been a big KTLA booster. <laughs> <laughs> and free labor. <laughs> yeah, and free. Free fan distributor. He's our intern. <laughs> yeah. um, and then Jake, uh, you know, he is in African-American studies. So this was his first year, and I thought it was really great for him to go and just to be in the community uh-huh. and to see how many people, black, white, whoever you are, everybody comes out because I think, you know, MLK surpasses skin color. He's just a hero. He's somebody who, you know, I want my kids to to look up to um, for what he did in terms of his heroism and and what he did for this country. So it was great, and they loved it. And, um, you know, my kids are funny because they're – my wife is Swedish, 
So you look at my kids, and you're like, and sometimes people are like, "Oh, so you're the the, the Manny." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they look like you. They but, do. Yeah. But you know, people are funny. With they're blonde. Though. They're blonde. Yeah, yeah. yeah, they're blonde and fair skinned. Um, so it's important for them to really understand what it's like because you know my grandfather, he was a superior court judge here in Los Angeles. He was one of the only, at that time in the 30s and 40s, he was one of the only black students. He graduated USC and UCLA law and then started to sit on the bench. Yeah. And he, you know, I want them to know, and it was tough for him. And his his name was David Welford Williams. And uh, Judge Williams, and he really prosecuted so many of the cases during the riots here in L.A., and I got to sit in the courtroom for that and watch the aftermath of what happened to to our city mm-hmm. after all the violence and all the, the mayhem that went on, and he was a tough cookie. So, And he learned that from having to persevere um, as a black kid in school and having to everyone say you can't do this you can't and he said no no no, I can't and it's a funny story so much so that as he became successful he opened a private practice and there was a home in Westwood just above UCLA on Sunset Boulevard the architect was Paul Williams who was also a famous Mm -hmm. black man here in LA Mm -hmm. did a lot of architecture and my grandfather had to buy that house over the phone so they saw the house, they loved it, but they couldn't, they wouldn't dare go there because the neighbors might see who could be a black man buying the house. So they bought the house over the phone and then they ended up moving in. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that was a story in itself. Like the, all the neighbors were like, what is going on? And they fought it, but then they realized that, you know, this is going to be a great neighbor. And uh, he settled in there and lived in in that house in Westwood until the day he passed away. For almost sixty years, he lived in that house, and uh, and I tell my sons and my daughter that story a lot, and that has to do a lot with MLK Day and circling back to that because um, you know again those were two guys that they can look up to MLK and David Williams, Judge Williams, and go okay you know they worked hard so we could be where we are today and that's really important the other thing about the architect paul williams that i find these are two facts i remember that when he was building houses and designing houses there he was building houses and designing them in neighborhoods where he couldn't live yes which i thought was interesting and the other thing is he learned to draw upside down yeah so he would sit across the desk from his clients because he they, uh, you know, he true. was concerned that they would feel uncomfortable if he sat next to them. Right. So he would sit across the desk from them and draw upside down so he would be well, able to explain it to them. Yeah. Whether That's that, just, you know, unfathomable to us now, but it's... Right. It's crazy. Yeah. But he was he was amazing that... that And he put out so much work. He was prolific, Paul Williams. I mean, he's done... He's a great style, too. You can tell one of his yeah. houses kind of almost on site. There's one... On my street, as I drive up the hill, I see every day. Yeah. I think Stevie Nicks used to live there, actually. Did she? <laughs> yeah, their house is so cool. His style was amazing because you'd go through the foyer from the front door, and everything was really open. And it was almost like a, it was a precursor to that desert style, that uh, Palm Springs, style. that openness where you and could s- that slope on that. Right. Did your grandfather's house have that kind of they did. slope on the, th- in, yeah, on the in front? In one of the, the, in the front. 
And on towards the garage area, it had a bit of a slope. Mm-hmm. But you could always see the backyard from the front door. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was really, that was one of his innovations. So it really opened up the house. It was cool. Well, it is cool. That's cool. Yeah, it was like really, that. really cool. Yeah. Huh. yeah, I love that part about that house. And that house, I miss that house. <laughs> you know when you say, oh, I wish I was, <laughs> like, when they passed on, you're like, oh, I wish yeah. I could keep this <laughs> yeah. or buy this. Yeah. And, like, now, maybe I had a chance, but back then I yeah. didn't. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> Anything else going on today, Bobby? Uh, just Any Dolly facts today? I don't Dolly. have a particular fact. Do you, you like a- Dolly Parton? I have. I love her. I, great story. Oh, perfect. When I was doing that producer life back in the uh-huh. when I was in my 20s, um, I met an agent for lunch at the Beverly Hills Hotel, and we're sitting down, and I heard this just laugh. It was crazy, really boisterous. I was like, and we were trying to talk, and I turned around, and all this hair was behind me. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm like, wait, I, I know that that drawl. <laughs> <laughs> and it was Dolly Parton, and she must have been with her agent or somebody. But I'll never forget, she had she lit up that whole dining room, and she was so uh, real. I'll never forget because you, okay. you know, we've all been to a hotel here in LA and certain people put it on, right. so mm-hmm. to speak. But she was just like, and you're probably used to this, Jason, that southern, like I, <laughs> that southern thing. Like she's like, I don't care where I am. Like, I bet she, I bet she does. I bet she's broad and loud in the White House, you know. <laughs> but yeah, that was my Dolly sighting. And the hair, and I think she was wearing pink that day. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> you didn't tap her on the shoulder and no, ask I, for that. I didn't have the guts to do that. <laughs> see she, what she was eating. Yeah, <laughs> I just, I, but I did walk really slowly <laughs> by her table on the way out because I wanted to Get capture all the dolliness that I could. <laughs> see, so everybody's cool. got to dolly. Story. Yeah, yeah, she's awesome. Yeah. She's a great, great, great lady. So how do people, thank you so much, this has been great. It's been so much fun. How do people, what's your favorite uh, social, where do you, where should people look at you? You're on Instagram? Yeah. the best? Instagram is perfect. It's uh, Weatherkai. Weatherkai, easy. And then Facebook. That sounds like a a radar name. Yeah. (laughs) I like it. (laughs) And it's simple because it's like my moniker. It makes sense. And uh, Facebook, yeah, Instagram, that's it. Facebook, are, are we... Doing a lot of Facebook yeah. lately, yeah. I feel like Whatever Facebook has fallen off a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> it's still people, the main currency, are, but Instagram is definitely Facebook. Yeah. Facebook's growing. is kind of like where you see if somebody's sick or something right. lately. <laughs> right, that's true. It's like yeah. old friends and relatives. Yeah, I don't yeah. like that. Yeah. Sometimes I'm like, wait a minute, I don't yeah. want to, I don't want doom and gloom today. Right. <laughs> I like Insta because yeah. everything's bright and shiny, yeah. pretty all the and time. happy, and yes. yeah. So yeah. Give me some motivational quotes on on your. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, this has been fun. Thanks yeah, for having me, Bobby Chase, and I appreciate it. Yeah, what else is yeah. going on, Bobby? Um, not a whole lot. I mean, we've got new podcasts this week. You can find all those at ktla.com slash podcast. Check out Spoken Dreams, Frank Buckley Interviews, California Cooking. It's all there for you. Uh, if you like us, leave a, a nice rating and a review um, and subscribe. You can do that wherever you listen to podcasts. And you can follow me at Sounds Like Bobby. All right. I'm on Instagram at Mr. Jason Ball and Twitter at Jason R. Ball. And next episode in the news director's office, we go behind the scenes of TV with our 
KDLA 5 executive producer of Special Projects, Kimberly Cornell, who I just got uh-huh. back from Vietnam with and I've known for 20 years. Speaking of pink. Yeah, yeah. speaking of pink. <laughs> so she'll be a whole different thing. And she's, we'll talk to her about how all of our amazing content actually gets produced and built. So it's a little behind the scenes. It'll be a great conversation. Peek behind the curtain. You won't want to miss it. She's yeah. amazing. Thanks, Kai. Thank you. Thank you.